<laughs> Dude. <laughs> That's the angle I want. You're looking good. You're looking like you can take down Floyd Mayweather, if I if I if I do say so myself. Oh my god, I'm so tired, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Welcome back to America, buddy. Los Angeles is better than ever. Aren't you happy to be home? Yeah, I'm, I'm mega jet lagged. I slept like probably like three hours last night. Oh it's no. Ten twenty PM local time, so I'm are, I'm very tired. Are you gonna talk to me then immediately go to bed? Yeah, probably. I think that is the plan. I'm gonna do the same thing because I have a flight in less than seven hours that I have to get to LAX for. Yeah, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> I, I was like, I told Ellie, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do the podcast now because uh, Joey's going, and then I was just like, I don't know where he's going. He's, he's going somewhere. Where are you going again? Does do you work for Liquid? I is do. This like a cover story. Hey, I do, want. Do, do you say that you work for them, but you're actually unemployed, Joey, and you're just too ashamed to admit it? I want you to know that I have unlimited PTO, and sometimes people think that's a scam, but other times, if you just abuse it, you can do things. I don't know. I don't <laughs> Wait, know what you're talking you about. You have unlimited PTO. Yeah, it's generally not a good thing because, like, I think all the math and all the papers say, like, when you have unlimited PTO offered, you, people take less time off. Yeah, uh, because if you are owed a certain amount, you're going to take that certain amount. Also, people, if they don't take it, then they usually have some sort of pay program for the PTO. So you don't have that, I assume, with Unlimited? Correct, yeah. So I don't get extra days off. I just I just get days off outside of federal holidays, as many as I want, yeah. if it makes sense. Which, the first year, I didn't use properly. And I took probably four days off the entire year. One of them for like a funeral. <laughs> and this year, I'm like, hey, everybody, it says unlimited. Uh, the real story is that I have just so many friends who are getting married this year, which means both like a concophony of, of bachelor parties and weddings and everybody's turning 30. So there's a bunch of birthday parties that are also like traveling events. Th this is a year that I'm probably going to see my, my Delta number go go higher. But I'm off to Cancun. You have too many friends. <laughs> there's no such thing. Determined. There's no such no, thing. You've got too many of them. Uh, you've diluted the pool. I feel like our friendship is less special because you have too many friends. So I'm going to need you to cut down on that number, please. Perfect. Ellie, right off the chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Joey's uh, Joey's my friend. Uh, not <laughs> um. Well, she she came to my birthday party because she was I here, know. and you were, which is fine. And uh, she did this really nice thing, which was bring me flowers, which is something that I am pretty sure nobody has ever done before. <laughs> so did I'm you like, enjoy your flowers? I was like, oh wow, this is what this is like. Oh wow, they're nice. I I think I understand why people like. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> my mom, I brought them up. My mom's like, who the fuck bought you flowers? Yeah. If, uh... <laughs> If I had gotten, you would have gotten Jack Diddley squat. So <laughs> she not only showed up to your birthday party, but she also bought a present. I did neither of those things. So we, uh, we missed out on a good time. We we played laser tag. There was axe throwing. So the thing that was fucked up about my birthday party is that I got the venue for free 
on the condition that I was able to use all of my friends who were there for marketing material. So we did a lot of photography and video, which is now going to be like social media assets for the company. So, um, yeah, my, my friends signed away their rights to be used to advertise a laser tag business in small town, California. Uh, you not included, you probably would have negotiated a talent fee or something. So maybe, maybe it's a good thing you're not there. How was, how was your trip? Are you happy to be back? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm always happy to be back. I never like being away from home. Uh, but yeah, it was fine. It was, um, I mean, being there was fine. Trip, you know, Southeast Asia is far, so the mm-hmm. flight is never fun, but uh, it is what it is. I had a uh, empty spot next to me. Unfortunately, the row, y- y- okay, so I'm I'm platinum with the, the, the airline miles things. Mm-hmm. And so that, that comes with the, them coming up. It doesn't, nothing useful. It just comes with them coming up to you personally on the flight and being like, hi, uh, are, are you Austin? Oh, hi, so nice to meet you. Here's my name. You know, like, uh, thank you for traveling with blah, blah, blah. We really appreciate your business. And there is, uh, you, you know that row in the middle I always do middle row aisle because uh, less people in, in my way if uh, they need to go to the bathroom, whatever. Uh, so middle row, but then right before uh, it goes to like a different section. Uh, so there's like a wall. Yeah, like, like right? the, the bulkhead. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, you have extra uh, leg room. So, you know, so many so many airlines are doing this thing now where like every seat that is not total ass is now a special seat that you have to pay extra money for. Mm-hmm. And that was entirely empty. And they came up to me, did that thing, you know, like, oh, hey. and I thought, all right, well, this is my chance. And I was like, uh, you know, like, hey, like, I know I was the last one on the plane, you know, after the, the flight departs, uh, can I just take one of those spots one row in front of me? <laughs> Because, you know, I'm kind of tall and actually, and she was like, oh, I'll talk to the manager. The manager came over. Hi, I'm this person. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for traveling. Did the same little whole thing. Mm, yeah. And then said, no, you can't sit up there. <laughs> was the seat empty? Yes. Yes. The whole row was empty. And people kept sitting down and then they kept kicking those people out, basically. What airline were you flying? China Airlines. Wow. Okay. I have never experienced that before. Generally, I, I think every airline that I've been on that has had that kind of situation, it's first off, it's kind of a free-for-all. Like, people just move around, and then whoever's sitting there, sitting there, right? But yeah. the flight attendants are just cool with it. They don't care. So yeah, they, must have a, they must have a mandate to not do that. Yeah, I mean, they got to get that fucking extortion money out of people somehow for slightly better seats. I mean, the thing was, it wasn't uh, that big of a deal because the seat next to me was empty and that row of seats has like the the uh, arms that are like, that, that that are like full on like shields, you know, like full oh, on like little walls. That's what I did you all know, the way to Singapore. You can't put those down. Yeah. You can't put those down to lay down on the row. So it's not like it would have been that much better anyway. Yeah. Rough, rough times. Did you, I'm curious, did you keep with the boxing the whole time you were there? Uh, yeah, I think I did it four, maybe five times. Did I, it get easier? I, no, it got harder. <laughs> oh no! It got How? harder. I because, was, because they I were was working like, you more. Yeah, I mean, he was just working me. He was like, he's like, every day will it, every day is going to be harder. And I was like, I thought that I was going to be getting into better shape, and I would catch up. 
and it would be become easier. And he's like, well, you better catch up faster. <laughs> That's not actually what he said because he's uh, he's Filipino, so he's like very polite and stuff. Uh, but I had a I had a really great time with him. Uh, but yeah, he, he was just pretty much like, no, this is boxing. It's gonna get harder every every time. And uh, and I was just like, son of a bitch. And I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm going away for a few months. I'm I I will probably be back. So I'm gonna use this time to get in much better cardio shape. So when I go back, it is easier. So, so your goal is to return and then be more impressive. So, you, so you can yes. do better. Okay, that that feels yeah. like that feels like good motivation for you to like do stuff these next couple of months. Yeah, yeah, because you know, like that guy. Okay, here's the deal. I'm out of shape, but I'm not out of heart. Okay, like mm-hmm. I do. I work hard. I push myself hard. So. It kind of annoys me when like they do that whole thing. Like, oh, you keep pushing, keep pushing. Like, like I know my own limits, and I know I can push really. Like, I I have put, put you know military training. I push myself to to the point of fucking blacking out. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done that. So <laughs> I don't need. I don't. Like, it's not a problem with like their whole motto is we teach heart. I'm like I don't need any more heart. Like I I'm good on that regard. I'm just like literally physically like fucking bad right now. You know. So I want to I want to be to a point where I'm pushing myself that hard and, uh, you know, I'm actually getting through it all instead of, you know, not. I need heart, but that heart is just um, cardiovascular strength that I, I, mm. I, I, I need literal heart so that I don't uh, hit a speed yeah, bag yeah, yeah. for two minutes and then go. <gasps> oh, hey, uh, uh, by the way, uh, I, I had uh, two suitcases, so I actually um brought back you remember the conversation we had before we left yeah yeah what would you bring back yeah yeah, yeah. so i was i so here let me get it it's uh down here oh okay uh, i brought back this for you oh, here you go. oh that's austin it's an audio <laughs> medium austin it's an audio medium you can't tell the people. <laughs> now they don't watch the youtube the video i brought back was my middle finger why would you have two suitcases uh, I, br- I brought a I brought a smaller suitcase because to make sure I don't go over the weight limit. Oh, I yeah. have to pay extra, and specifically to carry like the heavy stuff, like keyboard. Uh, oh my god, all the computer equipment and stuff like that. I I actually did look for your things. <laughs> I didn't see them anywhere. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you want to know why? Because uh, I I wanted to be able to eat them in front of you. <laughs> Right that, I that, thought that would have been a really funny bit, but I couldn't find it. So. You pull the can over, and it's just there's just crumbs <laughs> coming out, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah, these were really good, Joey. Thanks. It's okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to talk to Neil about this next time. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna send him with more luggage. <laughs> um, how was so? So the, the last time we talked, we talked a little bit about the 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 DPC. We were a couple. We were like a week and change in, right? H- how did the rest of the uh, broadcast go? Like, do you feel like they got smoother? We had a we had a good time. Uh, we had a good time yeah. with the pulse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the CEO. Uh, for like a post breakdown uh, post event meeting which very few tournament organizers have ever asked um i've probably done it less than 10 times and i've probably done oh shit how many events do you think i've done i don't Over know what you 50? say you say generally what what's a good average six a year for 
seven years? Yeah, but I think I've done more than six a year. Because there was that one period of time where I was like, I went for like, I, I think I did seven events in a row by itself mm. uh, one year. Uh, and that was just one string of events that didn't include TI. So, yeah, it's, pr it's probably somewhere around like the 50, plus, 50 plus. plus. Yeah. So that's yeah, a lot. I've done it less than 10 times. Well, you keep uh, all your badges, right? So if you really wanted to, you can probably go back and, and count a majority of them. But I guess not all events true. have badges because you probably didn't get one for working this, right? Yeah, that, that is also true. Any of the DPCs wouldn't have something like that. But yeah, I definitely have over like 50 badges. I went through that entire thing. Um, it's actually, if somebody wants to check out my Instagram, you can count them all up. I actually made a little collage of all of them. But anyway, uh, they sat me down, uh, me and Avery down, asked for feedback and stuff. We really didn't have uh, very much. It was a, it was a very smooth event. Uh, Southeast Asia went slightly different than i expected um i think i had different. execration not actually making it because the the when i made a prediction uh it was right after they got bopped really hard by like smg or somebody, somebody they, all, they really only hard. lost to geek fam or excuse uh, me geek, geek, slate. Yeah, geek, geek slate geek slate bopped the shit out of them in like two 25 minute games so i thought they had exposed something about execration but nobody else was able to do that um, and then Blacklist actually fell out of favor. Um, they ended up in a tiebreaker and they were just out of fucking gas uh, because they played a series at the very end uh, against um, Talon? Against Talon, mm -hmm. yeah. Or against... Or they, they played against Boom. Was Geek Slate. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. They played against Geek Slate, Geek Slate and then they played yeah. the tiebreaker against Talon. Yeah, that they so they were the second and third place at that time, and they they played that series, and the series went super fucking long. Uh, they basically stomped the first game and looked really good, um, and then, then they lost Holy two shit. seventy minute games in a row. They lost a seventy three minute game and then a seventy eight minute game. That's a lot of Dota. Yeah, and then after that, they had to go on and play the tiebreakers. It was the same day. So they lost two 70-minute games, and I think they were just kind of fucking broken uh, from there. So they played a uh, tiebreaker against Talon. They got 2 owed. It, it wasn't wasn't close at all. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, they fell out. Um, so they're, they're not going to the major. There. I don't think... This is probably something you guys pulled stat-wise, maybe, or talked about on the broadcast. I don't think there's ever been a dpc season where the two lower division teams took first and second mm. yeah that's a good point um i'm sure that was probably a talking point on the panel but i didn't listen to them <laughs> I, mean, I, I listened to them during the drafts because we have a little segment where they like include the casters and we do a little talk back back and forth which mm -hmm. uh most events avoid doing that um because it's a little bit more technically challenging to get right, but it, when it works, it, I think it's pretty good. Uh, but sometimes it just didn't didn't work very well. Um, but yeah, we so we did that. So I would listen to them during the draft, so I would have something to to talk about with them. But mm -hmm. when it comes to like, what does this match mean? Let's talk about the stats between these. Two. I don't listen to any of that. I've got my own like storylines for that, so for sure. And I mean, I think that the other storyline people taking away, and the one that people are probably giving more credit to, as opposed to Execration and Geeks Slate, not Fam. <laughs> I guess that's a sponsor change, right? 
it's uh, so what Southeast Asian teams do a lot um, is that they merge with another organization for a team. Uh, so that's where you see, uh, like, th there's another example that of like has had like Myth Trust Myth. Yeah. yeah. So like Myth is made in Thailand, uh, mm -hmm. and then Trust is a different org, and so they like combine together for a team. Uh, so this is the same thing. It's Geek Fam partnering with Slate Esports, who's uh, I think some sort of uh, mobile org or something. Not an org that's traditionally in Dota. Also, from my understanding, Dota is like a prestige thing. Basically, these orgs like just take they funnel all the money they make off of the mobile teams, and then they just put it into Dota because it's like a prestigious thing. But it's not actually a money-making thing. <laughs> Shocking. I mean, I, I couldn't have told you that. Dota, not making money? Get out of here. What are you talking about? I don't know anything about that. Dude, uh, but people are probably talking about them less and still a little bit more fixated on the fact that Boom and Fnatic, specifically Fnatic, are the teams that got knocked out of CDPC. Not just because of the players, but because of the, the, the brands and because of the years they had last year. These are the teams that were at TI. Yeah, pretty big fall from grace for these guys. Um, Fnatic, I mean, Fnatic just kind of bad, to be honest. Boom looked a little less bad. Um, but I think one of the things about Boom was that they lost Skem. And Skem is now on Geek Slate, and Geek Slate looks honestly like maybe the best C team out of all of them. Uh, so I credit him with like a fair amount of their success because he's he was the captain and shot caller for boom before i mean if you set aside mushi right um and i i assume he is in a similar position for geek slate as well uh so i kind of credit that being a a big problem for boom uh, probably a big part of their identity is lost when they lose skin so are you able to keep up with other regions when you were uh, on on the downtime, where were you doing a full DBC slate, or were you really just just narrowed into uh, SEA? The problem was is that the interesting region regions uh, were kind of in a bad time zone for me uh, in Southeast Asia. If I'm want to watch Europe, I have to be up from like midnight to like six a.m. or something like that. It's not so, going to work day. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not great, especially with my sleep schedule. So I tend to wake up pretty early in the morning whenever I'm like jet lagged. Uh, basically, whenever I like reset a new sleep schedule, I wake up with the sun. So that wasn't great. And I'm not really interested in watching NA, to be honest, because uh, I think it's pretty boring. Uh, as seen from like you could pretty much have predicted the results uh, with like one or two switcheroos. Like, is TSM or Shopify going to be first or second? You know, like, okay, that's that's like one position, one match that matters, I basically. I didn't think that TSM was going to be as good as they were with swapping out three players, but I guess I was just wrong about that. I'm still probably going to be skeptical of them when they go to the major. Yeah, I mean, I think you expect uh, Shopify are probably the, the squad that you expect to have the better performance at the end of the year, uh, if you look back on it. But it doesn't surprise me that TSM takes first. It's like one series. I would question if they've even scrimmed against each other uh, at all. 
um, you know, this entire season. So, you know, they played one series. Uh, the drafting, I think, for that series was kind of interesting. I mean, they just gave them Lena Tree. I don't know what that was about, or maybe they just don't particularly care if it's first or second. They probably should, seeing as those points uh, have proved to be pretty important. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, Either way, though, they're the obvious, like, one and two seed. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that Nouns is, is probably third. Wildcard five rat are fourth, fifth. Uh, and then Thuth was probably last. Alpha was probably down there. And Bait was probably either sixth or seventh, uh, depending on how good Alpha was. Which it turned out Alpha was uh, really bad because they did not win a single game. So man, so so fun fact about uh, Alpha. I think the only team that didn't win a single game, and conversely, fun fact about TSM, they had the best match record in the DPC this season. They they only dropped one map. Oh yeah, they barely beat out Liquid, who only dropped uh, two matches. There, I think there's other teams who 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 dropped two games. Um, I I think um, Bet Boom dropped two games, and currently uh, Aster has only dropped two games but they haven't mm. played their last set yet, so maybe. But yeah, so, I mean, TSM looked dominant the with probably an asterisk on it. Uh, similarly, the conversation between who was going to win between uh, Beast Coast and... E oh, Beast Coast only lost two games, too. Um, the conversation between who was going to win between Beast Coast and EG got settled with uh, Beast Coast having the perfect season in, in SEA, and I don't think that's who I would have put my money on if you asked me to, like, bet $5 a month ago. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I don't think it's like super surprising, but uh, also I would, I do wonder like what the end of the year performance is going to look like. Because, um, you know, I still believe that EG, I, I think their ceiling is higher uh, with this kind of, that, the lineup that they have. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that, that makes SA not particularly interesting outside of like a, just a couple of specific matches. Uh, China was more interesting, but China also wasn't going on half the time that I was there because the <laughs> Chinese New Year, um, which I got to experience. Uh, oh, yeah, was that was any fun was there? there. <laughs> uh, and it was loud. <laughs> Fireworks. Yeah, there was a, there was one night where like fireworks just started going out like literally right outside of my window, like at eye level. These fireworks <laughs> are going off because they set them off in like basically the, the parking lot of the hotel. Uh, so that 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 definitely woke me up because that was at like 11 p.m. I was winding down for the night and all of a sudden I was just like, holy fuck. Uh, and then they had one time the, the like the little the parade deal came through with the mm -hmm. the drummers and uh, the dragons and stuff. Uh, that was also incredibly loud. That was in the lobby when I was trying to leave. So that was my impression of it, for the most part, was, was loud. Uh, um, Can you talk to me about knights? Because the last thing that I saw about them <laughs> was that th there was like a Reddit thread, which I'm going to be honest, this is not good journalism, didn't uh -huh. really investigate very thoroughly, but, yeah. you know, I'm looking at the, there was an act, my understanding is there was an accusation that they were map hacking? Yeah. Question mark? Was yeah, there, is yeah, there like yeah. a conclusion to that? 
Is there uh, a follow-up no. story? No. No. Uh, you will basically, I think you will never get a follow-up on it unless they are banned. Uh, like, I don't think Valve is ever going to come out and be like, these guys were not cheating, right? Because if you say that, then you open yourself up to the possibility of being wrong, right? So I think at this point in time, enough time has gone by that I assume Valve has made their judgment, which is not enough proof to ban. Um, Innocent in the court of Valve. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it could it could be that they're still doing some sort of investigation, but I feel like that has taken uh, quite a long time, especially given the break that there was and everything. So uh, I assume that there's just not enough uh, evidence to do so. Uh, I also haven't heard, wasn't there, there was some other team that got accused of match fixing. Um, and this was not for a DPC, I believe. It was some, uh, I think it was a C team. And that one, uh, I actually did look at the evidence for uh, a little bit more, and I f felt it was a little bit more conclusive. That one was a little bit more uh, damning because it includes some obvious alt tabbing where basically the guy's mouse cursor stops moving Ew, that's... because the, the idea is that he's alt tabbing at that time to look at his map pack, and I presume... Uh, having the program separated from Dota in some way helps it keep it out of detection. I have no real idea about these things because I've never used anything like that. So, uh, we're not journalists. That's also why I don't really usually have a strong opinion of these things. It's somebody else's job to figure out whether or not it's true. And there, no like broadcast is going to let us go ahead and talk about these things. Uh, just because. <laughs> hey, Sheev, kind of so I heard on Reddit. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. not going to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, the last time we did something like that, it was uh, the PPD thing, which was, again, it was like a, <laughs> that was a whole shit show. Hey, Loda. I stand by. I think it's fine, but. Yeah, yeah but that, uh, I, I think that, I think that that situation was more like doing the journalism live where the night situation you can't like what are you gonna do hey so are you guys cheating that they'll be like that the translator will be like <laughs> translating it and then they'll say something the translator will say something and they'll be like no um, imagine if the translator though said yes <laughs> he just said yes they were cheating don't listen to them <laughs> yeah, but the story yes, I, of I mean I would agree with that that distinction where where one is just like the evidence out there and it's basically you're like the only thing you have to say about it is whether or not you believe the evidence but you're not the judge in this case so it's kind of pointless to air your opinion I guess the story of Knights is interesting to me because they look like they're probably going to end up in second place maybe in third they're they're definitely going to the major and if i look yep. through the people on the team i don't think i know who any of them are except for flyby and even flyby is a name that like i'm i'm digging through my my like deep gray matter to to remember because they were like on rng a couple years ago in like a maybe not successful roster yeah i've seen um i i've seen all these names uh a number of times um, Alacrity was probably the one that I was most surprised by because I've, I'm like, I've seen him probably on multiple teams and there's nothing about his performance that ever stood out to me personally. Recently on Nigma um, Galaxy C version. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like, I've seen all these guys, but yes, I would agree that almost none of them have stood out to me in any distinction. Um, maybe XCJ, if he was on that Serenity roster that was doing well at that time. Um, and then, yeah, the, the other name you said was Flyby. Um, that one's uh, obviously a little bit more standout. Felix Xiaobao has been around for uh, a bit, but teamed all right. Nothing nothing like crazy, crazy good um, when he was on uh, RNG. So, yeah. So that, so that can go two ways. So, so in my mind, that can either go two ways, right? Way one, this is a good thing. There are new people who are succeeding in China, which in theoretically is something that we wanted to see happen because it felt a little bit stale with retirements and not a lot of success. The opposite side of that road is so many people have retired in China has become weaker that now people are succeeding who might not have succeed, been able to succeed previously. And I, I yeah. wonder which one it is. I think it could be either of those. Yeah, I I think um, China is definitely weaker um, than it used to be. And I think more and more of the teams are going to become uh, um, mixed teams because if you actually look at it, I think Astro is the only one uh, of the teams that is going to the major or could go to the major mm -hmm. that is actually full Chinese. Everybody else has uh, usually Malaysian players. In fact, they are all Malaysian. Yeah. IG has uh, Pelosin, who's Singaporean, but uh, it, I don't think IG... Can IG get in... Oh, maybe IG can actually I still think get into IG it with can some 3-4-way get... tie. Mm -hmm. If they beat Extreme, then they're 3-4, and four, and 3-4, and four, then he has to lose, and they're 3-4, and four, so it's it's possible. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was funny, because uh, the, that would be funny if that happened, because it means there would be a team going to the major with a losing record. Uh, which I thought was particularly uh, interesting that that's even possible. But when you give four slots to 10 uh, or eight teams, like obviously if you give it to literally half the teams, uh, then it is possible to have a losing record and make it through. But just that concept, like one to why, never made that like little jump in logic, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um and I, and I think that if we've learned anything from the last day or two, it's that three-way tiebreakers can be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Western Europe did have that three-way tiebreaker, um, which OG was the team that did not pull through. Um, yeah, I don't think... Uh, I mean, so I did a podcast with uh, Blitz this morning, uh, and he talked a little bit about that. He said that he felt like DM and ATF were very different uh, style offlaners and probably players. Mm -hmm. So he thinks that OG is still trying to like find their territory uh, with DM. And he said, uh, if, like, part of that was he referenced like one of their last games they played. Uh, the OG they went back to the Timber Saw, uh, which they did I think against Liquid as well. And they didn't um, in the game they in the game OG won, they played Timbersaw. Yeah, against Liquid. Yeah. And then when in the tiebreaker against Tundra for the third round, they try to play Timbersaw. Um and he says like when you're losing as a team, basically you kind of fall back on like what has been successful for you in the past. So 
they maybe fell back on like a Mars hero pool. So yeah, he just basically says that they're probably still figuring shit out. Um, Tundra finally got in, um, which was a little bit surprising to see them in a position where they maybe weren't going to go to the major considering that they're TI winners. But, you know, I think there's always a natural drop off for the ti teams in some way they're they're taking more of a vacation they have some checks to count they got a house to go by mom they they like you know i think a, a light motivational dip is is probably understandable right and they're, they're still sure. going to the major so really end of the day probably not that bad i was a little surprised by uh gaiman doing as well as they did maybe that's because i still have some question marks about quinn coming over to europe and performing well but i think that he shut a lot of haters up uh because they got second and the team that mostly stayed the same performed well yeah yeah i think uh gaming gladiators would not be in my top four list uh, um and maybe they would be like fourth either way they're not they, they're not a team that I would put first or second in the region, but they got second in a pretty clear way because uh, they were the first team to take a game off of Liquid. Um, so not only did they go five and two, but they also took a game off of one of the teams. They were, in some ways, they were kind of like the only game win any team had against Liquid. Liquid did drop a game to OG as well, but that was after they had already qualified for the major and stuff. So, you know, in some ways. Yeah. I don't, I don't it's think they. She's not the same. You I know? think they were playing a lot of auto chess before that series. <laughs> like, that's, that's I don't know. Um, I'm I'm in a conundrum. Okay, hear me out. I have no plans to go to Lima because I'm. Well, didn't last podcast we talked about you were thinking about how to make plans to go to Lima. Yeah, and I have no plans to go to Lima for uh-huh. a couple of re- like i'm I, I need to do work here <laughs> clearly i'm taking mm. a lot of time off but i'm trying to figure out if liquid does well in groups and the possibility exists that they could win the major which i think they're probably in the conversation as potential people to do that sure yeah then i have to figure out how to get to lima and i still don't have a plan for that Mm, mm, I see. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to be there? To create content. Mm. And because it would be fun. Because mm. I, I want to rub Will on the head and be like, good job, buddy. You did it. Yeah. You want to rub his bald ass head? Yeah. <laughs> you think he's ever going to do that? Did Did he talk about that on your show? No, I did not ask him about it. I forgot about it. My understanding, and I don't think this is private information, um, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> My understanding is that um, there is like a team vote and it, it'll it'll be up to the team in a very democratic mm. way if it'll happen or not. I see. I see. Well, I, you know, anything for the team, maybe it'll mess with the, the feng shui of, uh, of, you know, the room if he's bald. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like. You know, I assume Aiden just wants chaos and will to be sad for a minute, but like yeah. other people don't actually Nick care. Probably too sweet that he wouldn't want William to be uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I Chloe might, gets to I vote. Bet... <laughs> yeah, that, that that is a pretty important vote. Uh, let's see who 
I think Nisha. I mean, Nisha probably doesn't know Will enough. To, I don't like, think he gets to vote. His interests. I don't think he gets you know? to vote because he wasn't. He oh. wasn't there. Right. I, I, yeah. Okay. So I feel like, in a way, both Zion and Boxy would vote for shaving the head. I I I think I think Boxy's a little more chaotic than Zaya's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if between the two of them, I feel like Boxy uh, Zaya is probably the person who would tell William he could keep his hair. But <laughs> we'll see. Hmm. Who knows what happened to the major? Uh, maybe I'll have to go to bring Clippers to Peru. I don't really know. Um, but if yeah, if- you, yeah, <laughs> I presume you have your finger on the pulse of that information because that is content, surely. <laughs> hey man, I I just want to go in into my edit cave and make a highlight of all of Boxy's Rubik plays from the entire DPC because the man had a really good he had a really good split. Excuse me, season. I I, I used a bad word. Oh, you used a League of Legends <laughs> word. Bad Joey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the teams just kind of killed it. Uh, Liquid just dominated uh, Western Europe. Team Secret did not. Uh, they got knocked down, which makes the current uh, Div 2 matches going on very interesting because uh, I think there's basically four teams in contention for the uh, the top spot. And uh, I won't talk about those teams, but I will just say that if you do not get out of the out of lower division this season, you're probably never getting out, right? Because Secret and Into the Breach are going to get knocked down. ITB is pretty legit team. And Secret, you know they're not staying in that lower division. They're going to go back up the next season. So they're taking one of those slots with them. If you don't get out now, you're never going to leave. You are going to be stuck in lower division hell. So you actually need to get out of there right now. Uh, because it's only going to get harder. Oh, no. You're right. Um, does Seeker keep their same roster? Yes or no? Uh, um, I... Yes or no? Yes or no. Um, no. No. Okay. I I uh, imagine does, does, is that answer like them kicking somebody right away for season two or before they get to upper division again? Ooh, because I could see that that also still being a possibility. Because like you, season three is usually where the biggest moves are made, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like okay, we've uh, other other players because basically have tried out their teams for most of the season, and then season three is okay if you're not happy. Season three is the time to make the change, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think in some ways it depends on who's available, right? I mean, because you're asking a top tier player to go to a lower division team, even if they are team secret, and you know, they're likely going to be going to TI like you. You are still asking them to abandon whatever current prospects that they have. And I don't know whose prospects are are bad enough that they would make that swerve already. In second season, you know, especially because the teams who will win division two will want to go stay in division one and not come back down to division two. So the pool of players who are available in theory, if you're looking like in the region, at least are the people who are staying in division two, which you probably don't want Uh, for other reasons. I don't think they're taking any of those players. I don't think they're taking any of the players that are currently in lower division. 
Uh, I, I think if they take anybody, they're taking somebody from like Eastern Europe, uh, which who did poorly in Eastern Europe? Navi. So there's uh, Vatoon there, Namiga, uh, Malrine. Okay. Uh, Ramsey's team, Darksiders got six. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And somebody did tell me that they thought Ramsey's was much better than his team. Like his performance, uh, so I would I would look for that just because you know they already have Rezo and uh, and Zayat, so I think that's maybe more likely. Maybe C. Maybe they pull somebody from C. Maybe. I mean, to be honest, C's a bit of bit of a mess. <laughs> it seems like I. It seems like Team Secret. Uh, excuse me, Team Spirit made the right move in the off season. Uh, yeah, I mean, the pickup of Alora, I mean, they, they're kind of always, they're either first or second. I feel like in some way it's a little bit like NA. Uh, maybe there's a little bit tougher, uh, competition, but to be honest, they're kind of like 1A, 1B, Bet and Boom and, and Spirit. Uh, so they ended up losing to Bet Boom. They actually dropped a fair number of games against other teams. Six total so L's. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like fully behind that just yet are you familiar with uh hellraiser's mid laner who is going to be going to the uh who's going to be going to the major because they were the third depressed place team kid. depressed kid i cannot wait <laughs> for 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 the cast on the stage to be talking about depressed kid <laughs> yeah i've casted him uh, a number of times i mean you know there's a player in c called cox right yeah yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah well aware <laughs> that's a better one Avery, Avery, Avery was telling me he was just like, well, I mean, we got some practice in calling him Cox in a game, so we have that over the other casters. <laughs> You're gonna feel good about it. Yeah, it doesn't phase me. We call him Cox all the time. <laughs> we, we we definitely worked in a few uh, few euphemisms with that name. I mean, because it's it's DPC. What it's what what happens? I'm, okay, the game goes to sixty minutes. Tier five items are coming out. He picks up a giant ring. Oh my god, that cox is huge. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. There was definitely there was a time where uh, a a a giant's ring dropped and they never gave it to Cox. It was, not, it was a big loss. They had it on their team, but he was not the person to take it. Real shame. Just for a moment. Scam took it because he was playing Marcy. Oh, well, I mean, that checks out, but... Which just made for a different kind of joke, so it all worked out in the end. <laughs> big mommy? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said there's like, there's like there's like one dude in chat who's just really enjoying this game all of a sudden. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the screen except for his other hand is on his dick. <laughs> oh, so... Uh, do, do you just at this point chill out for a couple weeks because the, the major happens at the end of the month, right? So, no, I uh, I'll be here for a little bit and then I'm gonna go see my mom because ah. uh, we didn't do the whole Christmas thing, so we gotta go see her uh, and then come back and uh, hopefully be going to Lima and then going back and then hopefully going to Kuala Lumpur 
and they're going from Kuala Lumpur to something else, hopefully, it's actually going to be a pretty busy year. Busy. Busy, yeah. busy, busy. Well, I mean, that sounds fun. I got to get to Lima. I got to figure out how to get to Lima. <laughs> um, have you been watching any um, deep fake porn recently? Just random <laughs> question. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, all, all the time. Uh, it's nothing oh. better than uh, don't you know, do that. Ending if... the evening. What? Don't do that. Don't. Do, uh, hold on. Wait. Uh, do that. Uh, just don't share it on stream. Oh. Oh well, I already made that mistake. Obviously. Oh, you need to apologize. <laughs> can you get Ellie to come cry by you while you apologize real quick? We can do it on the show. You know, I saw this. Uh, so what we're talking about is. Uh, for for you pure souls out there who are just esports fans and don't follow regular Twitch drama, there is a uh, very very big uh, Twitch streamer who uh, got caught basically uh, looking at deep fake porn of other streamers, people who he like works with. So yeah, it's pretty creepy. Atrioc. Atrac works with people like Ludwig, who you probably know. They have an agency where they create content for people, and they're like basically a production company and kind of like a a networking thing. They're very well connected with all these high level streamers. So it's really weird when your business is working with high level streamers, and then on stream, you just casually tab over to something, and then oh, there's like deep fakes of like Cutie Cinderella and Pokemon and all these people who are like the biggest streamers, um, and. This is this is interesting to me. Um, well, first it's gross. <laughs> yeah, very. Um, it's interesting to me because of how viral it went. I'm willing to bet that the people who don't follow Twitch drama still kind of know. The tweet got like a hundred million views from Dextero in like 24 hours because I think it crossed so many different lines of or, or like so many different Venn diagrams of interest. Like the gaming people, the Twitch people, the uh, the uh, uh, cancel culture, politics, uh, AI people because there was conversations about like deepfake porn. Um, yeah, because gaming. there's already the conversation about AI art, right? Yeah. Uh, which people are already, like, really up in arms about um, and how that's pretty threatening to the, the landscape uh, and cheapens, I think, art in, in a pretty conclusive way, I would say. Uh, and I think it's pretty easy to jump from that to then AI porn and stuff like that. Yeah, so I actually don't have a lot to comment on it. I actually, I think it, I think it's interesting. So the one conversation that I had with a friend um, is that they were trying to. Uh, I, I think they were a little more empathetic towards Atrioc than I was, and and I was like, it's really hard for me to be empathetic for somebody who one is kind of rich, and two did gross, sexy things. And that combination was was really hard for me to be like, oh, but you know, he had like a decent apology, and he's like helping pay the legal fees, and he's taking a break, and he's he's. I think he's like doing all the right things in terms of apologizing. It, doesn't he have a whole segment called Marketing Mondays? I feel like that you know, like all of those things just sound like. I'm not saying that he's being insincere. Uh, I figure he probably is insincere, and he got caught up doing a bad thing. Uh, but. I'm also going to say that all of those things just seem like the right marketing move. Yeah. It, he's <laughs> doing all PR. the right stuff. <laughs> all yeah. the all the right stuff. Um so I mean I I thought that was interesting this week 
because I think most yeah. people probably most people probably saw a little bit of it. Um, yeah, if you're gonna do AI porn, uh, just just do AI porn that isn't specific people, because apparently that's also a thing. You could just create people by putting AI. Because I've seen those posts. There was a post on Reddit. It was like three girls in swimsuits, and it was like one of those like none of these girls are real. And of course, if you've been on Reddit in the last like year, you will have seen these posts. Mm-hmm. But it's specific. It, it was never specifically basically like porn, right? It was it was more so like I think the last one I saw was like this was a house party in the '80s, but none of this is real, and none of these people are real. Uh, and it's pretty crazy, like what is actually what uh, AI is actually able to come up with, because uh, it looks so realistic uh but yeah <laughs> i don't know it's just it's it's a whole like weird conversation about uh consent and what's okay and what's not okay but like yeah, you really just in some ways it comes down to just your gut mm-hmm. do you think that's kind of creepy yeah yeah it's kind of creepy yeah. it's it, it, but the level of creepiness goes exponentially up when you know the person <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you signing off so it's okay for any of the, the Sims listening right now that are doing it? You're saying, like, it, it's it's more, it's still bad, but it's more okay you're doing it than he did it? Yeah, exactly. I would actually agree with that, yeah. <laughs> I was being a little sarcastic, but yeah. Um, it's in some in some fucking weird way. It's uh, It's a whole lot grosser when you, like have a personal relationship with that person yeah because then they are no longer just a character on on the tv screen yeah they are you're... a a flesh and blood human being uh that is should demand your respect yeah i you, think more they probably had dinner together you know yeah. <laughs> i thought that ai I'm not gonna have dinner with him anymore i bet yikes yeah i mean the whole thing's fucked I thought that AI wasn't coming for my job, at least, as, like, someone who... I mean, I used to say I make television, but it's been a couple of years since that one happened. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you got the look. I could see you being a porn director at some point. Hey, yeah. stop, 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 stop. <laughs> um, are you familiar... Are you familiar with this new uh, stream on Twitch called Nothing Forever? No. Basically, it's an AI-generated show that runs twenty-four-seven. That looks like it's made on PS One oh. graphics, and it and it is Chat GPT three basically that is fed all the Seinfeld episodes, and it and it is just like auto-generating machine learning a television sitcom nonstop. And like, I, there's like seven thousand people watching right now. It's getting coverage, and it is bizarre. But I I thought if you would have asked me a week ago, I can AI make television, I'd be like. Of course not. And now, today, I'm waking up and going, holy shit, it really is going to take every one of our jobs. <laughs> Dude, now, now, I mean, Seinfeld, that's like, that's a pretty solid start. Uh, you know what I want to see now? I want to see a, a AI-created West Wing. <laughs> that, now, that would be a fucking banger, I feel like. <laughs> Just because, like, you know, West Wing had, had like, very good dialogue, right? It was, like, one of yeah. the things that uh, Aaron Sarkin is known for. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the situations. It, like, imagine, like, really good dialogue mixed with, like, the, the random potential randomness of, like, you know, like, uh, North Korea once... Uh, 
like free bubblegum uh, for all of its citizens or something like that. And the political implications of that internationally, you know, <laughs> like just just kind of like the most random fucking thing, but like played out in like a really smart political drama. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now you can just have an AI write it for you, apparently, and they can just act yeah. it out with with like low budget CGI. Aaron Sorkin, like, <laughs> the newsroom, but it's all fake news. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that's pretty good. Um, what what else happened last week? What what else happened last week? Um, oh, uh, things in- that I've linked uh, in our conversation. The the the, the, uh, the Ludwig yeah. one is like kind of related, at least very lightly, to the um, Atrioc one. They they work together. They're co-owners of a company, but Ludwig bought into Moist Esports, which I think is really interesting because when we were gone, there was like this conversation of like how do esports teams make money, which. I thought was really uneducated in a lot of ways, actually. But you know, <laughs> discourse on Twitter seldom feels great, right? And then the tail of that, the tail of that comes out with um, you know, m- most critical and and Ludwig being like, "Hey, we're investing together," and I'm interested in how this is going to turn out because it might go well. Maybe I don't know. What 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 do you, what do you think about Ludwig owning a, a moderately successful? tier two esports team i mean i think it's i think it's uh good honestly like it's good for esports right if i'm team esports whatever the fuck uh you know like i think it's good for esports because uh well (laughs) this is a better alternative to crypto particularly now with the downturn of crypto uh i think it is probably the 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 more it is a probably a more viable strategy uh, moving forward in some ways. Um, I don't know if it's actually a viable strategy, but it's more viable <laughs> than than maybe some other uh, esports. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's definitely something to like keep an eye on uh, and see like whether or not it's actually good and successful for them. But at the same time, I feel like. This the streamer money is not that much different from VC money in that they're both kind of like just printing out the dollar bills. Uh, the VC uh, people are maybe doing it out of ignorance of like what esports is or just like an intense amount of greed uh, of like it becoming something really big or maybe just a long term strategy of like believing in something and like hoping it'll pay off in 20 years. Uh, whereas like the streamer money is like similarly clouded because it's, it's printed out because the like big streamers can make so much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like, they're also personally invested into the esports, so they can afford to like throw away money in some ways, which, you know, Ludwig actually did, you know, like say like, I could just be throwing away money. Like part of me is just like interested in doing this. Cause I think it'll be cool. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, it's something to watch for, for sure, but... Uh, I don't think they're going to get a Dota it, team. <laughs> no. No, probably probably not, sadly. Uh, but a good question of whether or not like that becomes more of a thing over time. Um, do other content creators start becoming uh, esports teams, esport orgs, and like merging those two worlds? Uh, because I mean, esports has a monetization problem, and 
streamers and content creators don't have that problem nearly as much. So. I, th- I think that we see time and time again, the most successful teams generally have a really um, personal and big brand um, CEO-esque figure. I mean, you look at 100 Thieves, you look at old G2, and you go like, there's a reason why these people have, have spokespeople, mouthpeople that, that they care about. And mm-hmm. you kind of already have that with Most Critical, and then suddenly you add Lovebook to that, and so now you have a team that has two of those people who can be, you know, big daddy voice. So I think that it's going to be easy for them if they want to grow the esports business to get sponsorship just because of them. People will want to do activations around them. People will, like, AT&T will probably throw money at Ludwig, uh, which can get phoned into the team, for Ludwig to do a money th- uh, an AT&T thing, right? So I'm interested in how much their time they're willing to commit. Um, my understanding is, like, you know, 100 Thieves, a lot of their sponsors uh, are like, hey, like, we want to work with Nadeshot, but there's only so much Nadeshot to go around. And there's only so much Ludwig to go around, especially when he's doing 10 other things at the same time. So I think the real question for me is how invested is he going to be in growing the team with his own brand? Or is he just going to be like, here's some money, let's see if it works, and then, you know, kind of put half a foot in? I, I think if he really went in, in it could be successful. Yeah, that the communication with that sales team, like, you know, what does that look like? What does the sales team, what are they authorized to, to be putting on the table there to these uh, potential sponsors, you mm-hmm. know? Because they can't guarantee... Uh, certain things like you can with uh, guaranteeing players to do certain things because it's in their contract. Uh, it's not quite the same when you're talking about some multimillionaire who owns the organization. Yeah, and like, what are they even going to do for a sales team? I, I mean, I would guess that most tier one big teams at this moment have at least five, maybe upwards of 12 people in their sales department who are doing sales full time and business development through sales. I don't think Moist is at that part. So are they going to spend the money to build up a sales department to try and do sales to try and generate money? It's written because then you have like maybe at least two, maybe at least four salaries to pay that you didn't have before. So it, it's yeah. definitely a, a risk. And I'm interested to see how they want to handle that business. I just don't know how Ludwig handles all the stuff that he has to do. Yeah. And how much um, I, uh, I like I would love to be able to see how much do they think that being a part of an organization uh, and involving multiple people, uh, how much you're able to upsell basically the same numbers. Right. Because I think there was a interesting Mr. Mr. Beats put out like a, a cheeky tweet about like the Super Bowl and, you know, like how much those ads go for. And he was like, hey, if you if like anybody wants to like not pay millions of dollars to get access to 10 million eyeballs, uh, you know, you can hit me up instead, uh, which is like partially true. And I think some of these uh, these big sponsors and these uh, orgs and stuff that are behemoths and and old, uh, they probably don't really understand the concept of paying one dude that they've never heard of, who's not like a celebrity in their mind, that much money. Uh, like it probably just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like it's just like, why Why would we possibly pay somebody a million dollars, you know, for 
for the whatever exposure they can get us. Like they, that can't possibly be right, but it is right. They can't do that. But if you're part of an organization and there's a, you know, like, oh, there's a kind of sports team that is also you're it's you not know, just this guy, but you're also doing involved with these people and you still have basically the same metrics because maybe 90 percent of his creator, he's doing all the heavy lifting, but it's now involved in a group of like, you know, 10, 20 people or something like that. How much are you able to upsell that simply off of the prestige, the, the looks, the officialness of it you know um speak while we're in esports world i got one more thing before i want to close out and that is um at the end of last year we didn't talk about when it happened because uh it actually truly genuinely went under my radar um but FlyQuest was acquired by an nhl team the florida panthers and they have now put decent amount of money into FlyQuest, both in terms of like staffing and rosters. Uh, their LCS team, one week out, looks to potentially be the strongest LCS team and like they might be able to win North American League of Legends. That's that's a very early read, but like they're looking really good and they spent money for a team. Um, they spent money for content creators. Uh, they uh, Avali May, who is, is who is, you know, also really big in that League of Legends space is now a FlyQuest employee and, you know, working full-time for them to do stuff. And, you know, JMook just won Genesis under the FlyQuest banner, too. So the year for them looks like stocks are going up uh, because they're investing more money into it, in, into a brand that I think is pretty okay, decent. I, I, I'm curious how what the year's going to look like for them. They, they might be a team to look out for that that a lot of people listening to the show have never, ever heard of before. And are they going to get a Dota team? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. They did pick up a, a, a content creator mm-hmm. slash host uh, who is very, very popular in League of Legends called Avali. And, G- uh, G4 alum. Yeah, her her announcement video was was very funny. <laughs> it was basically like, "Hey, I'm going back to the LCS," uh, and then FlyQuest is like, "Well, we can give you a lot of money," and she was like, "Never mind, going to FlyQuest, bye." Uh, and I thought that was just, uh, you know, that's it's interesting just because it's another you know point of like esports just really isn't the money maker, uh, and. And it's better to be attached to for her in this situation it's better for her to be attached to a team an organization uh basically kind of doing the same stuff though she probably has a little bit more creative control i'd say a uh, lot more but yeah she probably is is you know has more decision making to be doing uh but you know like her and the end result is probably similar in in many ways uh but it's much more worthwhile for her to do that than it is to be on the official broadcast. And that seems kind of not quite right. Is that, am I, am I crazy? But I feel like the official broadcast like should in theory be able to offer you at least competitive salary in that regard. I think you might be looking at it. Um, completely divorced of the politics of the situation yeah true um 
because Avali used to do LCS stuff. It was rather successful. She stopped doing it. The fans were like, do it again. And I think that they just don't like her direction, right? I think that there's, there's like a little bit of a mismatch, mismatch there brand-wise. Uh, so I, I think that for her in specific, there's probably some politics at play. But I assume that you're right and that if you are a big enough person, a team will pay you enough to be a content creator um, and help bolster their roster as opposed to uh you know just just be a host because FlyQuest, knowing that they have ovaly can sell against her they can be like hey at&t you can do a video with ovaly and she can you know do do a show with you that is sponsored she can do this or that and that in theory opens up more potential revenue for the company to then pay her than the lcs would just as like or maybe anybody is just a contractor so if it, if it works, cool, but that's also like, you know, assuming FlyQuest pays her, makes more off of her than they pay her, and, you know, I think that a lot of people get in trouble that way. You you get big content creators attached to your brand or your team, and you're paying them more than they're helping you generate their sales. Um, and at that yeah. point, it's like, uh, <laughs> okay. Which, okay, so I have a question for you. Do you think the general uh, fan... Uh, just the the fan of the game. Do you think more people are better served by her being on FlyQuest or by her being on the official broadcast? Ooh, I think more people are better served by her being on the official broadcast because more people will see the product. Mm-hmm. I think that the people who are a fan of her and her content are better served by her being on a team where she can have more control and do stuff that she wants to do so really the conversation is like if you're looking for total market then yes the bigger platform of the broadcast there'll be more reach but i think the content is more neutered the better content is for the smaller audience and and the team yeah i would agree with that i just uh for my my obvious position is that like uh the esports job seems far less valuable, uh, basically, or the the on camera esports job uh, is a lot less valuable. Uh, and and despite the fact that there is a obviously a, a wider audience, and I feel like that just generally means that the esports broadcasting quality gets diluted uh, over time when you don't have like the absolute best people. Uh, which means that the fans are the ones who are most hurt in the end. Uh, and yeah, I just feel, I don't know. Like if, if you were more, uh, I mean, if you, you're League of Legends, you, you're right. You have full control of League of Legends. So uh, you do have the control, I guess, in some ways to to make the decisions of whatever's best for you know your overall fan base uh but like other decentral decentralized games like csgo and dota like the there's no way that that is solvable basically uh which i think is just kind of interesting concepts compared to traditional sports um because you know you, you you can get tom brady on the broadcast you're gonna get him on the broadcast and you don't want him to go anywhere else 
Yeah, but imagine how crazy it would be if, like, the Tampa Bay local, st- or the New England local station had him on, like, the local broadcast, which I don't think exists yeah. for football because of the broadcasting rights, but, like, what, what what's the equivalent of, like, the Patriots paying out Tom Brady a giant contract to just make Patriots content? Like, they could probably do that if they wanted to, which would be closer to an esports model. I wonder if there would be any value in that for them. I wonder why they're not doing that. Like, do the Eagles pay McNabb? Do the Lakers pay Shaq? Like, well, no, because um, the, 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 the broadcasting networks do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely... Huh. There's a good conversation there if I think about it more. Yeah. It's an interesting one for sure. And uh, I am a self centered person so i want esports jobs to be worth as much as possible so my life is made easier yeah but it's just that is just like one more sign of like it's probably better not to keep doing the esports uh talent job and to like transition into a team position or a any organization basically whether it's developer a team or a tournament organizer you know whatever that is well, if you're a developer, uh, don't work on Halo, and also don't work on mobile Apex Legends, because then you'll just not have a job anymore. <laughs> yeah, layoffs are everywhere. Good thing, I, hey, good thing I'm an independent contractor. Yeah, you, uh, you, you can't know? get laid off, right? Yeah, the rare time that uh, I, I have somehow more job security. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, I do... I, I actually hope that maybe sometime in a couple of weeks we find out more about what happened at EA because uh, I'm very interested in the idea of them canceling Apex Legends Mobile from like a bunch of perspectives, particularly like a gaming and esports one because PUBG Mobile is like the reason PUBG still exists and a lot of people really yeah. liked Apex Legends and it just it just it just impl- exploded imploded exploded both it did both and ah God. That can't be good for the old esports. Isn't isn't Apex Legends like relatively complicated for a battle royale game? I, I didn't even yeah. know there was a mobile version of that game, so I was struggling from the footage that I've seen. I'm struggling to see how it's possible for that to be a good mobile game. But yeah, there were features that were built into Apex Legends Mobile because I believe it was on a different engine than Apex Legends on the PC. Mobile's on Unreal and PC is on. Source. I wanted to say Steam on Source, and people were not only playing mobile but requesting features from mobile to be put into the main game because they liked the version of the mobile game. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. So it sounds like it was at least it's quality, just not commercially. It, it Which, appears. How is that possible? Like mobile games are like where all the money is. It appears to also be successful commercially. That's the thing. I don't think there's. I don't think there's an explanation as to what happened yet, because it's just confusing. <laughs> you know what? Some some seventy year old fuck got into some managerial position, and he it was just like games on cell phones, like the flip phones. Ah, preposterous! Snake is a garbage game. <laughs> so it, it came out in May of last year it hasn't even been out for wow, a year it's relatively young wow okay. it has almost three quarters of a million reviews on the android store 
and like a four plus rating which is high for mobile games too so people were playing it people were spending money on it people are not getting refunds it hasn't even been out for a year i think it's been successful financially and it just went away and just went away weird holy crap i didn't pay that much attention to it because i was just like i didn't even know that was a mobile thing i must have sucked but it doesn't seem like it did wow that is that is fascinating that's a fucking big old mystery right there yeah anywho uh i just looked at the clock and then had a mild panic attack about what time i have to wake up so okay shit i'm gonna go edit the show um and then we're both gonna go sleep and then Mm -hmm. we'll we'll post it and then people will be like oh shit they're back i'll be like yeah we are um from your sunny fucking tropical beach while you're sipping a margarita enjoying your unlimited pto 